But let's go to continue with our part two of called to serve him. Called to serve him. Him is our father. God. And, and our text, you know, scripture that here we're looking at is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. But I want us to go the first part of that 15 to 18. The New King James Version says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, mark that word, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he says, the eyes of your understanding, or actually says, the eyes of your heart being enlightened. Again, I emphasize, that's very important for our ability to cultivate that ability to see. To see, to, to walk in that spirit of wisdom and revelation, and to see the things that God has in store for us. We have eyes, spiritual eyes, we have spiritual ears. And how important they are for us to be able to know what God has called us to do. And, and live a purposeful life. And then he says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. And we stop right here, what is the hope of his calling? Say the hope of his calling. It's God's call upon your life and upon my life. The hope of his calling. And I've given you some definitions of that hope from the Strong's uh, Dictionary. It's not a sense of an optimistic outlook or wishful thinking without any foundation. But in the sense of it's confident expectation based on solid certainty. It's a confident expectation based on solid certainty. I like that word, certainty. This is certain. It's bound to happen when one believes on that pro the promises of God. And biblical hope rests on God's promises. It's not a wishful thing. It's, they are based on, um, biblical hope rests on God's promises, particularly those pertaining to Christ's return. I'm telling you, as sure as it is today, Jesus will be coming soon. Or oh, he's coming soon. Let me put it that way. He's coming soon. As sure as this day began, there's a day that will come and will not be on this earth, will be raptured. That is going to happen. Listen this. Even if there are, even if there are millions of people don't believe this, it's going to happen. That is for sure thing. That is going to happen one day. And probably it may happen in our lifetime. And we'll be taken home. And so certain is the future of the redeemed that New Testament sometimes uh, speaks of future events in the past tense as though they are already accomplished. That's how certain it is. Uh, that the New Testament sometimes speaks of future things uh, that have not been accomplished yet as if they have already taken place because they are bound to happen. Heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus says, but my words will never pass away. That's the reality of it, church. That is going to happen. 
So live with that in mind. It's going to happen. Live with that in mind. And, and that calls us for preparation on a daily basis. That we are prepared uh, uh, to, to live a life uh, worthy, pleasing to the Lord. And that is the word hope, which I have say conf confident expectation based on solid certainty, which is actually the word of God. And the calling, remember it says the hope of his calling, and we are talking about call to serve him. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, for he delivered us, look at that, for he delivered us and saved us and called us with a holy calling. You have a holy, are you born again? Have you been brought into the kingdom of God? You have a holy calling. You have not only been delivered and saved, but you have been called with a holy calling. And he says this, that leads us to a consecrated life. When you realize that you have a holy, holy calling, this is what follows next. You live a consecrated life. That's very important right there for the fulfillment of the call of God in your life. Can I say in this manner, uh, one cannot live like a little devil and expect to fulfill anything of God. It will take a consecrated life, a life set apart, and this is a big one that right, right here, a life of purpose. A life of purpose. I want to live a life of purpose. A life of purpose will impact others. Because, listen this, we've been given that holy calling, holy calling, then that is to, to lead us to live a consecrated life and a life set, consecrated life, a life set apart, a life of purpose. Purpose. Listen, you are not as a result of big bang theory. It's just a theory. You are born into this world. You are, in fact, you are born into the purposes of God. When you give your life to Christ, you are born from above. There is a call of God in your life to fulfill. Every single one of us, church. And therefore, he says then, um, not because of our works or because of any personal merit, we could do nothing to earn this, but because of his own purpose and glory uh, and grace, we see that word again, his amazing undeserved favor, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus before the world began eternal ages ago. In other words, he didn't wake up this morning and thought like, oh my goodness, see, this baby is born. I don't know his name or his name. No, God has a purpose. God is a purposeful God. I like it in the book of Genesis when you look at chapter 1. There's a law which is called a law of placement. A law of placement and purpose. When God was creating everything, you think about, then he created the fourth, the third, I think the fourth day, he created the sun and placed it in the firmament for a purpose. So everything he created was, you are placed, was placed in a certain, lack of a better word, placed in a certain place. That's not English, good English. Okay, but this is not an English class. Placed in a, in a certain place so that it may fulfill its purpose. So look at this. Very important to know where you're supposed to be for the fulfillment of that purpose. 
And I really tell people as a pastor how important it is to find out what is your, which church are you called to. Fast is very important. Why? In that, when you find out, and then you, you, you just do that by revelation, you found out that's where you're supposed to be, and then give your all into that. For the fulfillment of that vision. Listen, there are things that I can do. There are things that the elders, the deacons, Pastor Kala cannot do. It's only you who can do that. Because every joint, the Bible says, applies. There's some things that, just like your, your fingerprints are so unique, there are things that they need just your signature. Listen, there are meetings that you attend or the things you do, unless you have spoken, that meeting is not over. Why? It needs your signature. But you know what, what many people do is because of fear and ignorance, they keep quiet and they think that they are insignificant. I'm telling you, every single one of you, there is none of you who is insignificant. There is none of you who appeared as an accident. Every single one of you has been brought in into the kingdom for a purpose. For a call of God in your life. So would I charge you with this? Rise up within you and refuse to be put down and refuse for the enemy to discourage you and refuse for the enemy to tell you that you're insignificant. Your voice matters. Your voice matters. The way you are, every place you go, think about this, you matter. That's, that makes you just stand tall and if you have uh, small shoulders, your shoulders just grow bigger. Brother, why? Because you know you have a purpose. God has called you. What, did it, what is a calling? Called means the word is used to invite or to summon in and a special use of God's call to participate in the blessings of the kingdom. You remember First Peter, I think chapter 3, verse 3, 3, 8, it says that you are called into this to inherit a blessing. God called you to inherit a blessing. Do you want a fulfilled life? It takes knowing your purpose and living in that purpose. I literally, I'm telling you the truth. If I was speaking like, you know, the King James version, I would say, verily, verily, I tell you. I enjoy pastoring. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing what I do. Why? I got to know that in 1996, especially 1997, that's when he spoke to me. And I have heard people say, pastoring is hard. It's hard if you are not called to pastor. But if you are called to pastor and you are pursuing God, it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be a struggle. Are there challenges? Yes, they are. But who told you even in what you've been called to do, there will be no challenges? Because there are challenges, it does not mean that you are not doing the right thing. But I'll say this, I submit this to you because when there are challenges, there are many challenges coming and you know in your heart you are doing the right thing, keep doing it. Keep doing it. There is the victory right in front of you. So I literally, I literally enjoy. Even if, I'm, I'm not talking about any, none of them I think is here. Even if you deal with a difficult ship. Uh, 
Huh? Have you ever been dealt with a difficult ship? Do you have children? There are some who are a bit, you call them by faith, saved and healed and delivered. But they're kind of a bit difficult in their thinking. Yeah? They look like who? Okay. <laughs> Let me bring you some things. I hope it will bring some light to you. And I know it will. If you pay attention. And I want us to look into some types and shadows that we find. Types and shadows of our redemption in the old covenant. And then in reflection to what God has called us to do in this new covenant. You see what I'm saying? Because an example, a type of redemption, or uh, in a layman's language, a part of our salvation was the children of Israel being delivered from Egypt and led through the wilderness and into the promised land, a type of. You see what I'm saying? So I want you to see a, a type of types and shadows of our redemption based on that looking at the children of Israel. One point of that is God delivered Israelites from Egypt that they may serve him. He delivered the children of Israel from Egypt that they may serve him. We find that in so many texts in the Bible, but in Exodus chapter 8 verse 1, and the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. And it's repeated several times in the scriptures. Let my people go so that, let my people go that they may serve me. So God delivered them so that they may serve him. That's a type of redemption. Now look at this. God delivered you and I from the kingdom of darkness that you may serve him. That you may serve him. And then he says the scriptures in Ephesians chapter 1 then must be part of our prayers. All of us in the body of Christ have a call to serve God in our generation. God told them, God told them, I'm delivering them so that they may serve me. And secondly, the children of Israel were to serve God according to his pattern. Not what they thought. It's according to his pattern. His laws and commandments were his pattern. So, so he delivered them, yes, supernaturally. But they were supposed to serve God according to God's pattern. Remember, even the Bible says that you may know what is the hope, hope of his calling. It is his calling. Therefore, we do his way and we experience his ways, his rewards. So he, the children of Israel are supposed to serve him according to his pattern. Let's go to Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him. And look at what he says, the King James, New King James Version says this. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord God and his statutes which I command you today for your good. Everything God has ever done. And everything, instruction that he gives to us is for our good. Don't forget that. It's for our good. Everything, church. Everything instructs us to do. Our part is obedience. And when our obedience is complete, everything, his intention, remember, the death of God and God himself is love. Everything is done for his children is because of his love. When you, are, you, you, you increase in the revelation of God's love, what will follow in your life is tears 
thinking in this manner, how can, how can you love someone like me? Everything is done. It's about his love for, for his people. On our part, God has given us his word as his pattern. We find our salvation through his word by acting on it. How do you come into the kingdom of God? You, you find the word of God. Whether you are led by someone who told you, you know, uh, receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior and all that. But everything God has called us to do is because of his love. That's what he's done. God loves us. Say, God loves me. God loves us. And everything that he brought us is through his word. We also find out that he has called us to do whatever we are called to do. We are called through his word and act on it. The Holy Spirit, in the decisions that you are going to make, the Holy Spirit will be a witness with your spirit concerning your call in your life. You'll just know things. Let me tell you something about God, about walking in the spirit. You will know things in your heart. Fact, let me see if I can say something here concerning that. When you walk with the Spirit, you will know things in your heart that no human being can teach you. You just know things. Can I put in this man? You'll know who to marry if you're not married. You just know. Why? You're walking in the Spirit. In the Spirit, I, I, I like seeing it in this man, and I like seeing it in this man. In the Spirit, when you're in the Spirit, you will know things that your head will try to figure out, but you realize you just know them in your heart. And, and someone can ask you, how do you know about this? I know it. I know it. How do you know this is God? I know it. And this is another thing. The Holy Spirit will give you that witness inside of you. And this is another thing. It will never contradict the word of God. You will know it because the word of God and the Spirit will never contradict each other. You just know those things by the Spirit. Do you want to know things? Walk in the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. You will know things. You can wake up this one morning and say, I just know this is going to happen. I just know it. I just know this is, this is a new season in my life. I just know it. You know it. You know it. Oh, that's important, church. In Romans Romans chapter 8, verse 16 to 17, it says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So there is the, the witness inside of us that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, and indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Listen to this, church. You cannot know him and what he has called you to do if you don't spend time with him, with his word, by the Holy Spirit. You can't. You cannot know him and what he has called you to do if you don't spend time in the word. But with him, in the word, through his word and through his spirit. I encourage you, don't just read the scriptures. Ask the Lord. Invite the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our strengthener. He's our teacher. He'll teach us all things. Ask him, please, when you open the scriptures, ask him, Holy Spirit, please help me. Help me. Open my eyes. Pray honestly from your heart. 
And the easy way to operate in that is, is in, this, in this manner. Don't be in a hurry. Because if you're in a hurry, you won't hear much. And sometimes you don't hear, you won't hear anything. Because your mind is preoccupied with other things. But if you, are, you, you get into the presence of God and you're not in a hurry, that means sometimes you may have to wake up very early. And sometimes very early. Why? Because this is important to, 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 to your life and very important to whatever you're going to do in this life. I'll be showing you some things about rewards. This is what it means. You may be running, doing everything out there, but you haven't stepped into God's plan for your life. I don't want that. You, you understand what I'm, uh, I'm saying? You may, you may be running everywhere. Everywhere. I had some wonderful mamas. Um, I used to, to go pray in a certain place called uh, Mihango. So I one time I asked, what does Mihango? What, what, what is this Mihango? What does it mean? I got to, you know, I have got some good mamas who, who speak that language. They know Mihango. And they started explaining to me what Mihango is. It's just busy, 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 busy. And is that what people say? Just busy, busy, busy. Tiga Mihango. You know, that's what they'll tell you. If you don't speak my mother tongue, it means this. Uh, leave alone too much Mihango. Busy, busy. One thing is needful. Stay in the spirit. Stay in that place of God. And he will speak to you. He will direct you. He will show you exactly what you're supposed to do. Let me, let me tell you something. For you to experience true, true peace in this life, you have to find out what God wants you to do. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. For you to find true peace in this life, you have to find exactly what God called you to do. Peace will flood your mind and your heart. Turmoil will be something of the past. You just know God has called you to do this. I, I like doing this, you know, and I go to places here talking to people say, so what do you do? I am pleased always to say, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. Why? Because I know that's what God called me to do. I'm a pastor. And that brings true fulfillment in your life. If we find exactly what God has called you to do. So I, I'll tell you something. If you are, you are, you are experiencing that turmoil in your life, you go back to the Lord and ask him, God, what am I supposed to do? Or are you in the, in the, in the belly of a fish? Like Jonah. <laughs> are you in the belly of a fish? I mean, you, you can imagine what, what Jonah went through in that belly of the fish. I had a story years ago, someone said that her husband... Uh, the wife had been born again and they were just receiving revelation. And the husband was still a heathen, wasn't born again. So then uh, the husband, uh, the wife says, oh, I'm so excited. You know, it's, it's amazing the story of Jonah uh, just being in the belly of a fish. 
And then the husband said, you know, it has been proven that uh, there's no fish big enough to swallow a grown-up. And the wife says, I believe it. I believe that's the truth because the Bible says that. And he said, no, it's not true. I said, you know what? I'll, 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 even if I believe it, but even if it's not, when I go to heaven, I'll ask Jonah about it. And then the husband asked, so, said, what about if you don't find him in heaven? And the wife says, you'll ask him. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> you have to take that revelation to find your purpose. The word will cleanse you from the impurities of this world and renew your mind to God's purposes. The word will cleanse you from the impurities of this world and renew your mind for God's purposes. The way to move into the revelations of God's word is to invite the Holy Spirit. And really, I tell you, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking other tongues, it begins right there. You are born again and that does not happen. It begins right there. But now, if you are born again, you are spirit-filled, uh, you spirit-filled, live a spirit-filled life, and when you are reading the word of God, always invite the Holy Spirit through prayer, through praise and worship. This is our daily walk. This is our daily walk, church. Wherever we go, this is our daily walk. So the first point is that God delivered Israelites from Egypt that they may serve him. Secondly, the children of Israel are to serve him according to his pattern. His laws and commandments was his pattern. And it's the same thing for us. He's given us his word. And that's why I'm saying the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then thirdly, total submission to him is what will grant you revelation of, of who he is and how you're supposed to serve him. Total submission to him. In other words, he's our Lord. Total submission to him. Self-willed life will not fulfill God's purposes. That for sure. And will bring so many problems in your life. But a, a life totally submitted to God is easy, is pliable for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. That's very important, church. That, that you, are, you now offer your life to him alone. Your heart must be for him and him alone. Not divided. In Exodus, Exodus chapter 20 verse 3, he tells the children of Israel, you shall have no gods before me. You shall have no gods before me. In other words, your total submission and allegiance is to me alone. You shall have no god uh, before me. And in Deuteronomy 4.39, he says, Therefore, know this day, and consider in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no other. Can I tell you something, especially students going to school and you are told that there are many ways to God? Not true. Jesus is the way. He's the truth and he's the life. There is only one way to God and that's Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth and this life. So he tells the children of Israel that there is no other. There is only one God. And in Deuteronomy 6.14 says, You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. Now that is the old covenant. Let me bring it home now to the covenant that we are in. Okay? 
You shall have him as him and him alone as the only Lord in your life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 from the Amplified Version. He says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon there is money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. I'll say it again. You cannot serve God and mammon, and he says there, he says, it's money, it's possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. And especially in the world that we are in, it's more of celebrity style. Everything is about celebrity. He's my celebrity. He's my celebrity. That's what people want. God says this, you can't serve fame. You can't serve money. You, you either choose me, you're, you're serving me, or you serve mammon. A, the word uses here, used here, mammon, is, which is money. Listen to this. Money personified as God and worshipped. Money personified as God and worshipped. There are people who just worship money. Money. Money, 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 money. That's the only thing they think. Money. I refuse to serve money. You should have the same attitude. I refuse to serve money. I think, I think, if any minister of the gospel will do, you know, preach the gospel because of money, they'll be astonished. That's why they come from with every kind of, uh, you know, devices to, to bring in money. Oh, I brought this, this water from Jerusalem. If you lift up your hands, our ashes will lift, we'll give you a bottle, is a thousand shillings. And people were supposed to be believers say, yes, yes, man of God, yes, yes. Those are methods. That's about money. And the next time they have a certain cloth that you have to buy, it is special. Yeah. It came from a certain tree in Israel, Holy Land. If you give 1,500, your seed of 1,500, I'm helping you, and you will receive the breakthrough. When you go back to the home, just throw it around, and throw it around, and all the demons will flee because of that cloth. And people of God, yes, yes, man of God, yes. Hallelujah. No, that's when people say hallelujah. It's true. Why is that? It's ignorance. And, and, then, and then in such cases, when you start teaching the word of God, people don't want that. They think like this is a school. I don't want to go to a school again. Now you'll never come out of school. <laughs> you'll be taught lessons by, by the Holy Spirit to lead you. Listen, God has called us to, to, to deliverance. If someone just wants to serve money, they have to come with every method, every week, to sell you something. Water from Jordan, water from, I don't know where. Thank God not. The living water is right within me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let that living water come out of you. Hungry, they brought, they there. 
are from right inside of you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I don't have to buy any bottle. You know, I've thought about this over the years. Many believers, let me say about ourselves here in Kenya, especially and let's say in Africa. I don't know about other places. Let's talk about home. Uh, we came from parents who visited uh, witch doctors. Great-grandparents, sometimes. Sometimes even not great-grandparents. Sometimes even you, before you gave your life to Christ. And unfortunately, sometimes even they were not here. Sometimes, even after they give their life to Christ, they still visit a witch doctor. This is a powerful one. It needs some power, more power than what I've believed. No, not so. So look at this. When they come into the kingdom of God, they don't renew their minds. And they start treating church as, a, as visita, visiting a witch doctor. They have that mindset, which is actually is a stronghold. So look at this. They only think about God do for me something. And in the kingdom of God, God says this, I've done all things for you. All what I'm needing is for you to submit my life, your life to me, and I will show you and I will lead you into the riches of my glory. What? There is a price to pay. It's already, Jesus has already done everything. But all what you need to do, the price here we have is submitting our will to his will. And when you submit our will to his will, that's it. It becomes easy. He will lead us by his spirit. So, so then... Because of that, and some of them now who say that they are, they are called to, to preach the gospel, then because not knowing the vulnerability of many people, they keep tricking them. This week is water, next week is a certain cloth, next week is something, a broom. You go sweep your house and all the demons are left. That's nonsense. Jesus says you shall know if you, if you, if you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You shall know the truth. You shall be my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. That's it. That's freedom. I don't have to use anything in my prayer time except the name of Jesus. That's it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Uh, look, at the, look at Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will stand devotedly by the one, devoted to him, and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon, that is, your earthly possessions, or anything else you trust in and rely on instead of God. Anything else you trust in and rely on instead of God. That bottle of water, that cloth, and anything else, and money can be another God. We've been called to rely on God alone. How do they just live? They just shall live by faith. You rely on God to help you. In Mark, in Mark 4, 18 and 19, the New English translation says this, Others are the ones talking about the parable of the sower. Others are the ones sown among thorns. There are those who hear the word, but worldly cares. 
the seductiveness of wealth is, is called there the sed seductiveness of wealth. And the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it produces nothing. And it produces nothing. But listen to this. When you give your heart wholeheartedly to him, you will see, you will know his ways, and his ways will produce his blessing upon your life. That's all what you need. Listen, finding your call in life, it brings you to peace in your life. Everything you do, you, you find that I'm living a peaceful life. I've known individuals, even some telling me recently, and say this, I, 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 in my life, I, I got so much money. So much money. And it helped so many people. But the individuals say this, but the moment I started getting into the word of God and started living by the word and the instruction of the Holy Spirit, I have seen myself give even more by faith than all the other monies that I used to give to people because there was a lot of money in my hand, but I never learned to live by the principles of the kingdom of God. The principles of the kingdom of God will fulfill your heart with his goodness, with his pleasure, whatever you do. At least you can say amen. amen. <laughs> Fourthly, so the third one was total submission to him is our Lord. And then the fourth thing for us to be able to know, there are great rewards in serving God. Say that. There are great rewards in serving God. There are. There are great rewards in serving God. In Mark 29, Mark 10, 29 to 30 says it. So Jesus said and answered and said, you remember the rich young ruler, Assuredly I say to you, there is no one no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. There is no one who's ever done anything for the gospel, that you will not receive rewards. None whatsoever. Listen, God is not indebted to no one. Is that English? He's not indebted to anyone. Completely. Why is that so? Because he pays back. Everything you leave behind for the gospel, for the kingdom of God, God says this, I will reward you. In heaven, wonderful, but it begins right in here. But the amazing thing, there will be persecutions. Why is that so? Because the world is contrary to the functioning of the kingdom of God. The world has a way of thinking. And the kingdom of God has a way of thinking. His way of doing and being right, that's the kingdom of God. So if you serve the Lord, God says this, I will reward you. I will reward you. What is this life? This life is temporary. The Bible says in, in 1 Peter, let me check it out for, for in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 24. Let's start from, yeah, I think I'll start, start from verse 22. 
since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. And this is the word which by the gospel we preach. All flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. Life degoes just like a vapor. But the word abides forever. Now look at this. Anything that you do for the kingdom of God, it has definite rewards. Anything, church. Anything for the kingdom of God. I was talking to a certain wealthy, wealthy, wealthy family. <laughs> and it was the mama. This week, actually, this past week, wealthy family. I've known them since I was growing up. Wealthy families with the property, properties. And I say, mama, uh, it's a long story. I'll give another one. That, that testimony is full. Uh, but I got, the Lord had been leading me into something. And then finally, I knew what I needed. I needed to call this mama. And I called the mama. And I explained to her who I was. I had already been, I'd already been introduced, to, to, you know, introduced to her by, by someone just on phone. And I told her who I was, and she said, yeah, I've been told about you. And this is what I'm requesting, one, two, three. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask for money, you understand that? So let me remove that thought from you, okay? I wasn't calling this wealthy woman for money. No, 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 I was calling uh, her for a certain situation involving, uh, you know, I don't see all the details. But then she says, you know what? I just don't care about properties. By the time I'm leaving this earth, they will bury me into, what is it, six by, I don't know, six by six, that's a small portion. I don't care for properties. And they are wealthy. And say this, that I can make arrangements for you uh, call so-and-so, let me call so-and-so and then get back to you. In few, uh, within an hour, the person had called back to give me an answer. Now, that's a person realizing that earthly possessions are temporary. What are earthly possessions for? To serve God. To serve God with those possessions. Everything, church. Listen, and in doing that, you'll never outdo him. He will multiply every seed you sow for the kingdom, of, for his kingdom. Everything. Listen, you will not leave the earth and say, God, you owe me. He says, you, I owe you nothing. He keeps good accounts and he will reward you abundantly. There is no sacrifice you do for the, you make for the kingdom that God will not reward you. You just have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Lord will show you this is exactly what I want you to do. What, does, what follows next is just a fulfilled life, contented life. Just like, I'm well, Lord. Thank you. What do you want me to do for you? That's good life. Amen. 
Listen, that all electric fences and everything and security bodyguards cannot be compared with that. You know when you sleep at night and you're not thinking anyone breaking into your house? I want you, church, to use your faith. We make, we make priestly blessing and, and, and prayers for you every, every week. And I pray for you. Tina and I pray for you every day. But look at this. I want you to use your faith for your protection. Our nation is in a different place right now. And I want you to guard your heart concerning every news that are coming forth. Don't read everything. You are entertaining fear into your life. I want you to use your faith consistently. Use the name of Jesus. Pray. Use the power that is in the blood every single day. Pray for our nation. Pray in the spirit concerning our nation. And take authority over the devil. You have God-given authority. And another thing is this. Refuse to fear. Refuse that. To fear. All these things that are happening in this nation. Just refuse to fear. But take your authority in Christ. Use the name. Use the power that is in the blood. Driving, walking, whatever it is. Use that. Do the same to your family, for, for your family members on a daily basis. Parents, join hands together with your children. Pray for, for, for your protection. We're praying for you, for your protection, for your provision. But I want you to join your faith with ours so that you are always covered wherever you go and be led by the Holy Spirit so that you don't have to fear. Now, another word of See if I can go a little bit faster here. Of rewards. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, 2 Corinthians 5.10 from the Passion Translation. Praise God. From that Passion Translation. It says... Uh, Come on. I want to go into mine. I want to read something here. But it says, for one day, we will all be openly revealed before Christ on his throne so that each of us will be duly recompensed for our actions done in life, whether good or worthless. That is going to happen one day. Now, now let me, let me say some, read something there. Uh, or anything done in the body or time spent in the body like we're in the flesh right now. The judgment for our sins fell upon Christ on the cross. And the believer will never be judged for his sins. Why we repented of our sins. Okay? And you, keep, you confess our sins. If you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This judgment, scrutinizing, is for rewards. This one is for rewards. Because it says, so that each one of us will be duly recomp recompensed for our actions done in life, whether good or worthless. 
there will be different levels of reward given to believers after death. For some, for some there will be no reward, yet they will still, they will still be saved. That some will have no rewards. Why? They never did anything for God. Say, Father, not me. I want to do something for you. I want to fulfill. I can't hear you. You want rewards or you want? I want to fulfill your call for my life or on my life. That's what you want. There are some who have no rewards. So listen to this. Get busy for the kingdom. Another, another scripture concerning rewards. Listen to this from the Amplified Classic Version. It says, For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay. Payday is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone will, each one may receive his pay according to what is done in the body, whether good or evil, considering his purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved, being busy with and giving himself and his attention to accomplishing. It's a mouthful, but you need to go meditate on that. For everything that we do, in serving the Lord, when, in serving the Lord we must deeply check our motives. Are you doing it for him and him alone? Or you're giving it? You know, those fundraising people, we call them here, Arambe. They have rewards right here. Pigeni makofi ametoa elfu miyamoja. Hello, Francis, don't you think anyone can do that? If, if you want people to praise you, you've all, you have all the clubs and that's it. Right here. So I'm not telling you don't, you don't give. You understand openly. Say, now lift up anyone who can give us 50,000. 50, yeah, here it is. And people will clap you have all your rewards. But if you use your faith every time you're giving, you're doing it as unto the Lord. If you're doing it for people to recognize what you have done, it has no rewards in heaven. You have all the rewards here. Why do you need another reward in heaven? Are you all kept quiet? Oh, let me ask you something. Have you ever done something for people to see that you've done it? Don't lie in church. <laughs> I have. I see another hand. You know, for, for someone to feel like, man, you did this. Have you ever done any of that? You got your rewards. You got your rewards. That's big, church. Listen, God looks at our hearts. Whatever we are doing, he's looking. Whatever you're doing. Let me give you some rewards that you can have them if you're married, husband and wife. Do something for your wife or for your husband. Just do it as unto the Lord. Do it by faith. If we, I'm telling you, if we learn to do to each other things to each other by faith, we'll have more rewards. We'll live a, live a fulfilled life. I'm doing it for you. What's this? What? No, you don't have to do it. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That, those ones always, I, I love feeling that way. It, it, it makes me feel good, especially like Tina says, no, you don't have to do it, honey. I say, no, I'm doing it for you. I like it. I like it. 
Not many, but I'm going to increase. <laughs> but if Barreolas feels good, no, honey, you don't have to do this. No, I'm doing it for you. I just want to do it. No, I'm fine. No, that's fine, but I'm doing it for you. We'll have happy, happy homes. Because the world system is me, 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 me. My cup. My water. Huh? My clothes. I own them. All right. That's fine. <laughs> but that's the truth. It happens so much. In something the Lord won't have to check deeply his emotions. In Hebrews 4, 12 to 13, the Passion Translation says, For we have in the living word of God, which is full of energy, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate with the very core of our being. We are soul and spirit, bone and marrow, meat, uh, meat. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. The word will interpret and reveal the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. So when we have the word of God in place, as priority, our motives will be sanctified over and over again. You do something and you're doing it in the name of the Lord. And you're looking, you're not looking for recognition. You're doing it because you love the Lord. Amen? You're doing it because you love the Lord. Especially, especially this gener generation of media. You know, the way people like, uh, we are here, you know, you, you see a video. I found this man who didn't have anything in town and we, I helped him with this such and such an amount. We need more generosity towards people. And you post a video. Uh, all those likes are your rewards. You are rewards. You got all the rewards. You go to heaven and say, you remember that man, which one? You got all the rewards. You got all the likes on Facebook. But look at this. When you allow the word of God to come inside of you, and it gets inside of us, it starts now sanctifying those motives. Whatever we do, we do as unto the Lord. There is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. Even the way you are thinking about me right now. You can hide it from God. The way you are thinking, as a man thinks in his answers, the way you are thinking, God is seeing right there. Uh, there is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. For nothing that will be, will, we do remains a secret. And nothing created is concealed, but everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes. To whom we must render an account. You see that? Why did I do what I did? God says this, I know your motives. But what, the word, what does the word do? The, the, word, the word comes in uh, and it starts removing all those uh, motives that are, don't glorify the, the Lord and start coming to the Christ-likeness in our doing. Whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Thank you, Martin, for encouraging me with that amen. Whatever we do. Romans 14, 12, it says this. Therefore, each one must, that's the Passion Translation, each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. The day is coming. 
Each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. That day is coming. That day is coming. I said, you know, when you think in those terms, you cannot even think of taking advantage of anyone. Not at all. Why? You want to do everything knowing that God is a rewarder. You want to do everything right. Why? Based on our ability? No. Based on our perfection or based on the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that whatever you do, you're doing it as unto the Lord. There he was. Everyone, every one of us must believe God for revelation knowledge concerning serving him or his call upon our lives. When we understand his call and his reward system, nothing else will ever take first place but his kingdom. Nothing else above his kingdom will take first place. Whatever we do, it will be for him. I want to serve you, Lord. It's because I love you and I want to serve you. His kingdom being, become first in our, becomes first in our lives and in everything we do. We do. You know what that means, church? A fulfilled life. Do you know what that means, church? A healed life. Exactly. Do you know much of diseases, sickness, and all that is as, as, a, as a result of stress? Stress. Why? People are stressed out. They don't know what, they, they're trying so many things, but nothing is working. But when we find exactly what God has called us to do, it becomes so easy. We'll have challenges, yes. But listen to this. We are in the place of victory, even in the midst of those challenges. What do we do? We go to the word of God and find out. And you can say this, God, you told me to do this. Please tell me where I'm missing it. And he, he speaks to you. And when he speaks to you, he gives you the direction. He renews, you are renewed by the word, by your mind by the word of God, and you start walking that direction. I don't like starting something by myself when God is not involved. Because when it backfires, what will you do? Who do you go to? When you tell God, you told me to do this, I never told you to do that. <laughs> I remember being in the Bible school and it became so thick, I couldn't pay those fees. And I asked God, I went one weekend, I said, God, tell me, please, where am I missing it? You told me to go to the Bible school. You know I didn't bring up this, didn't come up with this idea. You told me to go to the Bible school. Will you please let me know what to do? And he gave me the answer. And in a few weeks' time, all the money had already been paid. <laughs> I, remember, I remember also, um, uh, that is on 23rd September 2002. Um, I was with Tina and, and, you know, the Lord has spoken to me that I was going to get married to her. And then that evening, she, she really reprimanded me because she didn't think anything that I was saying was of God. And she did. You don't be, don't be moved like look, looking at her that she looks so quiet. She reprimanded me that evening. Well, come from Wednesday prayer. I don't remember even after that what we had prayed for. <laughs> <laughs> she reprimanded me. I remember where we were standing at the stage in audience uh, in uh, uh, what do you call that street? Tomboya Street. It's just about to the matter. And she's just one thing after another. And how she didn't think that was God. And um, yeah, then I took her to the stage and I said, thank you. 
serious. I told her, thank you. I knew who had believed. I didn't come up with those thoughts. And I went back. I remember where I stayed. 23rd September 2002, on a Wednesday. I wrote that letter before to the Lord, and I said this, God, you know I didn't come up with those thoughts. You know I didn't think of, of getting married to Tina. You know you convinced me. He did. You convinced me. I have that letter until today. You convinced me, and when I opened my heart to your thoughts, you started leading me. Now you know what she has said this night. Of course, I've been reprimanded. And then, I wrote that letter, and her maiden name is Tina Mbele. Mbele, forward. You know, they're forward people. You understand? Forward ever, backward never. So her maiden name is Tina Mbele. And then I wrote down, and Tina Mbele, just to let you know that God told me this, I will show you this letter during our honeymoon. And I still have it until today, and it's been 17 years. <laughs> God help me! Why? I didn't come up with those thoughts. Do you know what happened the following day, early morning, before, just before 7? The first text I received was from her, and she said, forgive me for the way I talked to you last night. Everything was done. <laughs> that was it. Nullified everything she had said. And I knew we are now in, we are continuing in a fresh game. <laughs> this is the second league and it's coming to the finals. <laughs> That's when you know God has told you to do something. We can sincerely say, I can say this for Pastor Carl and I can say it for myself. We can go before the Lord and say, God, you told us to do this in this ministry. Tell us where we're missing it, Lord, and help us. And we repent deeply where we've missed you. But we want to do what you have told us to do because you began this work you are faithful to complete. But if you never was begun by God, what are you going to do? Where are you going to run to? Spend time with God. Know his word. Know his heart. Get into the, by the Holy Spirit and let him reveal your motives and let him show you exactly what you are supposed to do. That is your victory. Listen, there's no stress that will try to intimidate you because you know who to roll your burdens to, the one who called you. God is such a great honor to serve God. It's a great honor to serve him. He chose us to serve him. He chose you to serve him. He placed his call upon your life. It's a privilege. And don't ever be ashamed to, tell, to, to follow his leading and to say to others, God, call me. To serve him. Deuteronomy 14, 14 verse 2. As you come into a place of winding up. A few scriptures then we wind up. Uh, for he says this. Look at this. I'm showing you it's such a privilege to serve him. It's such an honor to serve him. To be called a child of God. To be called a man or woman of God. Who you are. Is such an honor. It's such an honor. Listen. No earthly possessions will ever overtake that. But the amazing thing is this. He's called us into the blessing. If we serve him, he says this, I'll make sure I'll reward you. His word never fails. Deuteronomy 14 verse 2 says, For you are holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you. He's chosen you to be a people for himself. 
Say, I'm a person of God. A special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. A special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. That's how special you are to God. And he says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Are the Jewish people special? Yes, they are. They are special until today. But you come into the new covenant and, and you realize this. Listen, the words that you're speaking to the Jewish people, having redeemed them from, the, from Egypt, he's, he's speaking it to the new covenant people, and he says this, you are my special people. Such an honor. And he says this, that, that special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's freedom. That's freedom. Do you know for me what freedom is? That I don't have to be thinking, who did I con? That's freedom. I don't have to be thinking, oh, Tina, I find this text from this woman. That's freedom for me. My phone is there, my everything, ATM, cards, nothing. Nothing is hidden. That's freedom for me. That's, that's freedom for me not to be thinking like, I don't know what Pastor Carl is going to find out some things that I've done in secret. That's freedom for me. I'm hiding in it, nothing. Or to hide the whisks under the sink and take it when people are asleep <laughs> and stuck in the bedroom when the wife think like, this is not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's freedom for me. That's freedom. I'm a free man. Amen. Ask me what I'm doing and I'll tell you what I'm doing. What I have to deal with is your motives for asking. Walk in love. Listen to this. Love others. Have focus on God and let him give you a heart of compassion for people. All the call of God ends up with people that he paid the price for. Why do you have church service? For people, for you. Why all these world arrangements and all this and all what you do is for people to minister the word, to preach the gospel, to train people, to teach people the word of God so that they may find their freedom and walk in the freedom that God has in store for them. If we lose God's perspective on people, then our service is no longer to him, but our selfish ambitions. Whatever we do, if we lose that focus of people, our God's, God's perspective, we lose God's perspective on people, then our service is no longer to him, but for our selfish ambitions. God has called you and me to serve our generation. The Bible talks about David, I think it's Acts chapter 13. He says, after David had served his generation, was he a preacher of the, you know, like the way I'm standing here? No, he was a king. But the Bible says that he served his generation. We have to have God's perspective in whatever we do. Our deep prayer, our heartfelt prayer should be this, God, I want to see people the way you see them. 
I want to see people the way you see them. In that manner, you can help people. Do you know why? Because people are difficult creatures to help. Yeah, really. Think about it. People are difficult creatures to help. Someone just, you help them and you just look at them and they feel like, yeah, I deserve the more. But if you've been told by God to do it, you know that doesn't matter. You, you understand? It doesn't matter. You do it by faith. You've done it as unto the Lord. If you've been led by the Holy Spirit to do it, it doesn't matter. So that's what you have to have, the heart of God for people in whatever we do. We have to seek that. And how can you develop that heart of God? You cannot if you don't spend time with him in his presence. I'm telling you, when his heart touches you and his love touches you, you start realizing, tears start coming out of your eyes. You want to help people. You want to help people. It may start with a prayer, giving yourself in prayer for those people, but God will help you, will develop you, and you'll start going out more, helping people wherever you go. Why? You have a passion for God and for his people. In Galatians 5, 13 to 14 says this, For you, you, are, you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Say, I've been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you love one another. You, how do you do this? You say, through love, serve one another. That's the way to serve people, is through love. You love people. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is a person. It's God. You say it even on, look at this, Jesus, Jesus, the son of God is on the cross and he's been crucified and he said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. That's love. Personified. Amen? That's a way to serve people. You've never been there when, you know, you, you love someone, they're backbiting you. And you've been praying for them and they backbite you. What do you do? You go before God and say, God, I'll never pray for that person again. Just and... No. You say, God, I forgive him. I love them. I love them. And the more you say it, the more it gets deep in your heart, you realize you are not moved. But you love people. Why? I believe with all my heart those have eternal, such kindness as eternal results. A rewards. First Thessalonians 5, 23, 24. Now, brethren and sisters, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 24. Let's read that one together, please. He who calls you is faithful who will also do it. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. In the God's call, he's faithful. Whatever he's called you to do, he's faithful.
to do it. All what you need to do is say, God, I give this life to you. Please, take it. Use it. Whatever you want to do with this life, please do so. And that takes submission on a daily basis. When you have a desire to do something else and, goes, and you know in your heart, this is not what I've called you to do. I want you to be right here. God has called you. Did you receive anything out of this? Did you receive anything out of this? I'm telling you, uh, church, this is your peace. Yeah, this is your peace in your, uh, concerning your life. There's some of you that have had so much turmoil. Can I tell you that if you, 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 you pursue really uh, being the will of God for your life, even instead of being crying out for a job, check out your motives and start asking God, what do you want me to do? If I get that job, what am I going to do with it? Just begin right there. I remember in 1999, uh, the Lord called me into the ministry in 1997. He spoke to me clearly on 22nd of August, 1997. And then 1999, remember getting into the word of God. I was really in need. Uh, uh, just so much in need. But I got so much into the word of God. And I knew it in my heart. If God wanted me to get a job, I was going to get it quickly. But he had given me specific instructions. He told me this, that uh, stay in my house, that's where your blessings are. I wanted to work, but he told me specifically, no, that's not what I've called you to do. Stay in my house, that's where your blessings are. And, and, and sure enough, he started opening doors for me. But I knew in my heart, if there's any job I needed, that's what God wanted me to do. I wasn't going to tarmac, as they say. I was going to get that job. And some of you, it's the same thing. And some of you, you're in jobs, but you still have the, so much turmoil inside of you. You need just to take some time before God and ask him, God, what, what am I supposed to do? And he'll start speaking to you. And look at this. You'll do some adjustments inside of you, and you realize, wow, I've never been peaceful like this. It might be many times... We want people to change. It's my boss. You know, this is a hostile environment. Did God take you to that hostile environment? If he did, don't you know that he'll equip you if you allow him to equip you for that and be a testimony? Probably finally the boss calls you and says, you know, we've seen many people come to this company, come and go, but you are just different. You're still here. We want to promote you. In adversity, there's promotion. But many people run from adversity. Praise God. Thank you for your enthusiasm throughout the service because you found the call of God. <laughs> Will you please rise up on your feet? Hallelujah. You are called by God. And next week you are going to look at some things. What happens when you have received that call? The second thing comes in when the call happens is the, the ability to fulfill that call. There is the provision and then there is the God's ability.
to fulfill that call. Would you just speak to the Lord something that you've heard and thank him for it? I want us pray. Just thank him. Worship him. Honor him. Honor him for his word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just honor him. Honor his presence. For the supernatural opening of their eyes to know your will to know your purposes I'm asking you father for that you may open the eyes of their understanding that you may grant them a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of you. By having the eyes of their heart flooded with light. Light be in the name of Jesus. So that they can know and understand the hope to which you have called them. Father, may revelation just flow in their hearts concerning your call for their lives. May there be true submission to your will, Father, and knowing that it's impossible for you to lie concerning your call, concerning the rewards of your call, and concerning the ability and the provision of the call of God upon their lives. Father, thank you for steps into your, your, your call for steps into your peace, for steps into your provision to the honor and glory of your name. I bless your people in the name of Jesus. I bless their eyes to see, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that will respond to the call of God in their generation. Father, thank you. I praise you and honor you for so shall it be the word that goes out of your mouth, it shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish what you please and prosper in their thing. Father, thank you. I bless your people in Jesus' name.